Alrighty, guys. Welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent, dissonant thought meets melodic, euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting to you live, as always, from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co-host, calling in tonight all the way from Charm City. You know who it is, my pal Odell. Hey, what's up, man? Nothing. Um, are you buried in snow like we are? Well, we're not really buried, but we're buried for the deep south. Yeah, we we got about I I think we got around like seven eight inches, if that. So yeah, it was snowing pretty hard most of the day here. So yeah, if we got seven or eight inches down here in Tennessee, that would like cause death cults. <laughs> People it would be very, like was, smashing their like Walking Dead, smashing their trucks into grocery stores and stealing like forty six gallons of milk. If we had eight inches down there, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting this. Um, this like this is the biggest snow that we've gotten all year, and of course we got it on the the first two days of spring. So <laughs> that figures. But the good news is there's no such thing as climate change. But don't even no, get not, me going down that road all. tonight because we're. <laughs> We got to get right to it tonight. We've got a big, big show for tonight. Um, lurking in the background, the person who always gives me the digital stink eye when I ramble too much, Be the producer. <laughs> yes, digital stink eye. I was doing a phase when you said that, but of course nobody can see me. Uh, I think we had about four inches, but Nick's right. If we get like eight to 12 inches, everything will shut down for weeks. Like... <laughs> But fortunately for us, we did get tons and tons of snow, tons for us of snow last night. And there are places to walk in the grass now. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's yeah. Fine. Although we're having a deep freeze tonight. All yeah. right. Um, D, we're not going to do any news tonight because we've got four bands on tonight. Mm. These Ooh. are bands that are my happy places when I'm not doing politics. <laughs> and I want to listen to something fun and that charges me up. And I already know it's going to be a good show because I was like my head was bobbing during the intro. I can't headbang anymore. I'm too old. I'd probably get fucking whiplash. <laughs> but as old men, we head bob like a bobblehead, like a Dwight Schrute bobblehead at the start of the show. Fortunately so I think that's a good you. sign, right, Odell? Was that? I said I think that's a good sign, right, Odell? Oh yeah, as long as you can do that, you're good. You're still good. I'm that's still like in the you know, fucking go- game, right? That's like going to a club nowadays, you know, or going to like a wedding or something, and everybody's dancing, and like I do the two step, and that's about all you're going to get out of me. <laughs> you might get an uh, uh, an elaborate two step if I'm like feeling spunky, but that's all you're going to get is a two step. So that's Fair about enough. it now. Right. <laughs> Who do we got coming up on the next couple shows, and where can everyone find our beautiful archives? Of course. You can find every little thing we do on tincan.media. That is not .com. Don't get me started, Nick. Just type in www.tincan.media and push the enter button, and poof, tons of things from music to self-care to politics to comedy and everything in between we are always there 24 7 uh do keep an eye on this space wherever it was that you found us because we are going to be starting our uh, tin candid shows in a few weeks where we could have a show every day we could have 
three shows a week. We could do a show every week, just whatever tickles our. We could do a show at three in the morning if I feel like it. We could, but (laughs) I I don't think my work schedule will permit such a thing. Um, But yeah, yeah, I don't worry about things like your work schedule. I know, but we will, of course, put them all up on TinCan.media. But we'll also be on SoundCloud for your super easy listening pleasure. Uh, Yeah, this like Billy Ocean, baby. Yes, Uh, this Sunday we are going to have Mary Latham from moregood.today and she is traveling the country relying on the kindness of strangers to put her up for the most part and just finding stories of goodwill and good deeds and just finding the happy and I love it um, then next we definitely week, need more happy of course next week on musical osmosis we are going to have Cecilia Bostrom from the baboon show uh, then our next musical osmosis after that we are going to have Charlie Harper from the UK subs and Ooh, coming yeah. next month also known as Xander from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we are having Nicholas Brendan. I'm kind of excited about that. He is a total sweetheart. We met him in person a few years ago. He's a dreamboat. I I wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, he he's a doll. We um we took pictures with our youngest because her mom is a fan of the Buffy series, and we took one. And he's like, wait, wait, I think I blinked. We took another, and he's like. Does it look okay? Are you sure? Shoot, we, we can do another. And I was like, oh Yeah, my God. he was a total sweetheart. And I don't and even think you know he was what happened right afterwards. Yeah, Screech decided to yep. scam us out of a few bucks. And I told Nick, I said, you know, if he needs <laughs> if if he needs that money so much that he's gonna scam us out of about five or ten dollars, maybe he needs it. It wasn't the do. money, it was just the arrogance of the whole situation. It Anyways, was. let's get on to what's happening tonight, because we've got four bands coming up tonight. Odell, I've been trying to book someone from Max Sabbath for like two years, mm-hmm. and you yeah. know this yeah. doing this show. It's so hard to get your schedule together with time traveling fast food mutants. It's like one of the hardest <laughs> shows to book. It is. It is. So it logistically, is. that's tough. But tonight, we are chatting with the manager, Mike Odd, of yes. probably the most important drive through metal band of our time and theirs, Max Sabbath. So let's get Mike Odd in here. Mike, what is up? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man, good. We are doing great. I want to thank you for taking time away from all the chaos and mayhem and calling in from the road. Very, very gentlemanly. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's been pretty wacky out here. Man, six (laughs) weeks. Yeah, I heard about it, too. Coincidentally, I was sitting here on Facebook the other day putting together some Max Sabbath notes, and I see Max Sabbath come across my feed. And I was like, oh, wait, let me check this out. And my friend Eddie down in New Orleans actually saw you guys this past weekend and was just raving about what an amazing show it was. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, and he actually, I'll give a shout out to Eddie in New Orleans. He actually was like, hey, like I knew who Max Sabbath was, but I purposely didn't watch any of their live videos because I didn't want the show to get ruined. I wanted to be surprised. And he's like, man, I was so glad I did because it was such an excellent show. Oh, I love that. I love it when I bump into people who who just like, oh, yeah, I was dragged here and I didn't know what it was. And they got they got to go in cold and just really just. Just be so surprised with everything that happens, you know. Oh, so that's 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 super exciting when somebody can do that. I don't I don't like to watch uh, movie trailers if I already know I'm going to the movie. 
And, and there's nothing that freaks me out more than if I rent a DVD and I put it in and then they show me the trailer before the movie. This is a new thing that's happening. I don't know if you've seen that. But it's yeah. like, yep. tell you what, why don't we spend some time advertising a product to you that you've already purchased <laughs> and screw it up for you? Amazon does that shit too. I'll buy something off Amazon and then it'll come across my Facebook feed and be like, would you like to buy this movie or this book? And I just right. bought it and it'll come across my feed. Right. We're all being we controlled. Know what, we know what he likes. Let's sell him the stuff that he's already bought. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Works every time, I guess. That is technology gone awry, for sure. And Ronald Osborne does not like technology, does he? Exactly, exactly. He's starting to get through to me. Yes, <laughs> he is coming so time. All right, well, for all the metal and burger junkies out there who don't know much about Max Sabbath, tell us a little bit about your history and your mission statement, or what you might want to call a menu statement. What, what are you guys all about? <laughs> well, I used to run this, uh, this uh, oddities museum in East Hollywood, and when you do, when you do that kind of thing, um, you start chasing down weirdness you know then the strange just start just start starts following you and you don't you don't have to put any effort into it anymore because you just put yourself out there cosmically and then just everything weird just chases you down so long after even this place closed i started i was getting calls you know like like oh you know come out to my shed and i'm going to show you my two-headed uh otter skeleton or whatever it is you know that's just kind of uh, how it goes when you enter that lifestyle. So uh, at one point I get this call and says, Oh, come down to this burger place in uh, Chatsworth, California. And it'll change your life. I thought I'd go down there and see like a, uh, you know, maybe like the Virgin Mary toasted onto a hamburger bun or something. And, uh, I'm seeing what you saw was so much better though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> better, better or worse, depending on if you want your life drastically <laughs> changed. <laughs> and so, yeah, so then in walks this abomination of a clown. I mean, just ridiculous, like, tornado of red and yellow with these dirty tassels scraping the ground and a skele skeletor caked on makeup and, like, just start spewing these ridiculous concepts all over, all over everybody's lunch and get this kicked out. And just there. to clarify, this wasn't Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This was Ronald Osborne getting us kicked out of there. And then he's like, well, you know, come back. Told me to come back, you know, in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m. or something. They were closed and there was this secret turnkey club thing going on and down in the basement. And, and and there it was, mutated fast food, uh, mutated mascots just blaring these Black Sabbath riffs and screaming about GMOs and Monsanto. It was just like just kind of the most amazing thing that ever happened to me. And, uh, <laughs> I would hope and so. And they told me that, that, that this was just this secret like club thing that they were doing. It was like this... It was almost more like, um, at that point, it was almost more like a performance art kind of thing, you know? Okay. And they were, and they were just doing these secret meetings in the basements of these specific places <laughs> and had some kind of, I don't know, I don't know how they had it all worked out with 
It's like Fight Club. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so with Ronald Osborne, is he looking at this? Because I know he comes from the 70s. He has time traveled here as a warning. Right. Is he looking at this right. as like this dystopian future where corporations have gone just totally awry and it's kind of like a demolition man, all restaurants are Taco Bell? Or an idiocracy future where all restaurants are Carl Jr.? <laughs> Which horrible well, future is Ronald Osborne warning us of? There's, there's definitely uh, possibilities of both of those blended into his scenarios. He speaks in a very Orwellian fashion, you know. Oh yeah. So that 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 that, that, that definitely applies. Uh, <laughs> and but but at that time it had just been the secret thing, and he said, "We want you to be the manager and take this thing literally above ground." And I was just like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he had seen some things that, that I, had, I had written in the press about Black Sabbath being so influential of everything that us weirdos hold near and dear and that they didn't just invent heavy metal, that they invented heavy rock, hard rock, heavy punk metal, rock. Uh, uh, punk yeah, rock, yeah. you know, yeah. Every, everything. Like, you know, you have Paranoid being like the first punk song, you know, and and, and and just being like like every single non mainstream element of music was all was all in, you know that we have today is all influenced by Black Sabbath and and apparently the cross between that and me having uh, my own theatrical kind of monster band you know uh, he thought that I could help but 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 he tends to like have this propensity to kind of torture me, you know, because I'm the one that is elected to be the conduit between uh, present and past or fantasy and reality, however you want to look at what the hell is going Not on. Not a bad place and, to be in. And how did, how did that, uh, how did that work out as far as like, I know, I know you're, you're, you're the front of uh Rosemary's Billy Go, And I know that's a very elaborate band. And um, yeah, yeah. so, doing that and then as well as just I, I, I the funny thing I was thinking about was like you know you, you were talking about how you took it uh to the mainstream so how was it when you went to go and book shows like early on like hey yeah I have this band that right now listen now listen here um they play Black Sabbath music but it really looks like something out of McDonald land how how does that how did that go over when you thought, <laughs> went to different clubs, I and it, same, it, I thought the same thing that you did. I thought this is going to be tough sell, and it's like they get it instantly. They get it instantly, and it's like oh, right nice. off the bat, it right off the bat, it was just drawing like crazy. I couldn't even, I couldn't even keep up with it. I don't even. Uh, oh I mean, yeah, I've been seeing uh, you guys come across my Facebook feed for a couple of years now. Man. Yeah, yeah, Everywhere. yep. Well, it was it was only like I don't know the second or third show or something was like this festival and I and I I filmed it and I put up a thing on YouTube and put the lyrics on a frying pan and that thing just went crazy viral like in no time at all it was just like MTV News picked it up and and then and then Black Sabbath posted it <laughs> and it's like oh. all right well we're off to the races now so now it has way more than a million hits. And then before I even took the band out of California, I got an offer to go to England and play the Download Festival with Kiss and Oh uh, man, it was, it was oh man, that's Kiss a huge festival. Sli yeah. Slipknot and and Motley Crue and J 
Judas Priest and Marilyn Manson. Well, speaking of like, um, what metal icons, <laughs> my absolute besides Alice Cooper, I have two absolute favorite metal icons. Alice Cooper will always be near and dear. Number one, number two, who I actually had a poster of him framed hanging over my bed was Ronnie James Dio. My favorite Black right. Sabbath albums are Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. But I noticed that Max Sabbath does only the Aussie stuff. Is Ronald Osborne against playing Ronnie songs or other incarnations of Black Sabbath? Is it all Aussie for well, Ronald? Right now, uh, uh, Ozzy Osborne is uh, is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, things are happening right now with Ozzy Osborne and uh, and Max Sabbath. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, really, but uh, they're what? they're. Uh, their show, uh, the show uh, Ozzy and Jack's uh, World Detour has just plugged the band on on the show and shown a picture of it. And now all of a sudden, Zach Wild, just uh, Ozzy's guitar player, Zach Wild, just did the headline of the interview was, Zach Wild has no regrets and wants to tour with Max Sabbath. So all of a sudden, the Ozzy <laughs> camp is very interested in... <laughs> In uh, in um, in Max Sabbath, and, and things are developing. So yeah, I really don't think you're going to hear any deal anytime. <laughs> oh man, you guys could be like falling off the edge of the counter and wishing well done burger and. I was just making the song list through my head. I'm like, oh, they got to do some Dio. I'm a little bit disappointed about that. Get a message over to um, Ronald. I want. I don't know if uh, Mickey. I don't know if Mickey Dio is in the cards uh, anytime. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys do have a lot of um, competition um, with different fast food franchises, kind of riding your coattails now with KFC, um, DC, and all those type of bands, right? Yeah, King yeah. Diamond. Uh, yeah, Ronald goes on and on about Cinnabon Jovi and Pantera Bread and all, you know, all this stuff, you know. Um, I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> as, long, as long as it doesn't become like a East Coast, West Coast hip-hop thing where people are taking people out, we're, we're going to be good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, you know what drives by ketchup beans with the big yeah. ketchup beans. Like wow. Wow, I feel like you guys have put more thought into this than I have. <laughs> I thought you had two years to prepare. I've been thinking about this for two years. And we've got to get out of here because we've got our next, next guest on, Mike. Um, and I know you're busy on the road. Before you get out of here, tell us what is next for Max Sabbath and where everybody can find you on the interwebs. Oh, uh, you know, you dial in Max Sabbath, what's going to come up? You know what I mean? They, they're on there. You, you have to I got them on the uh, Instagrams and the uh, Facebooks. and. The, oh, I bet uh, you Ronald's <laughs> loving that. <laughs> you can go to uh, officialmaxsabbath.com and, uh, and find everything, everything through there. And, uh, yeah, we just finished up the six-week tour. We got some stuff coming up in, uh, in May. We're going to uh, go to Denver and play the, this uh, video game uh, convention with uh, Insane Clown Posse. So, yeah, they there's a there's a lot there's a lot of strange surprises coming up that I'm never allowed to mention. So all right, all yeah, right. Yeah, no, spoiler no spoiler alerts. Yeah, I wonder what I could do to like follow you guys around and be a Big Mac head because that definitely sounds like there the place to be. Holy shit! There you go. Any chance you guys going head. digital and putting some music out, putting out an album, or is that just too technologically like aggressive for? Yeah. Robert? 
that was rough. So far, the only thing I've been able to get out is a coloring book with a, with a flexi disc inside. So. <laughs> that's bringing it old school. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how he does it. All righty, Mike. We'll have to have you back sometime um, over the summer, hopefully. Yes. We didn't, we didn't get nearly enough time with you. But I want to thank you so much, Mike. It was everything I hoped it would be. All right, you guys. Take care now. Take care. Oh, thank you so thank much, you. Mike. So I'm going to put it into turbo action here. Uh, about two months ago, um, Ginger, you can relate to this, Odell. You know Ginger. We've been dear friends yep. with her for years. Across yep. her page came a video. And I was like, who is this person? I was transfixed with the hand motions. And as a drummer, I imagine you were transfixed with the oh my stylings of Abby the Spoon Lady. I just what? couldn't take my eyes off her, dude, watching these videos. Well, it's amazing because um, uh, Susan, um, I was like doing some research and I, I was uh, looking at some of Abby's videos and Susan was like, oh, I know her. She uh, and, and, and recognized like like two or three of the videos that uh, she had done. She was like, yeah, she was on with so-and-so and did this. she's really, really cool. I was like, How did, you didn't tell me about her. He was like, I, you know, I wasn't thinking about it, but yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, so this she is, is the out first there. The first Abby I've known, D, and I was telling you when I was a kid, my dad used to scare me. We used to have 100 acres rent. You know, we rented a property of 100 acres, and my dad didn't want me going too far off in the woods. And he used to tell me there was a giant 50-foot grasshopper that lived in our woods named Abby Yo-Yo. And, and, oh and he'd be like, Abby Yo-Yo, Abby Yo-Yo. And he would scare me when I was like six, seven, eight years old from going back in the woods that Abby Yo-Yo would grab and devour me. And it's so funny because uh. I went the other day to interview for a job and the place that I went, they serve, they serve kids. And one of the books on their shelf was Abby Yo-Yo. And I was like, holy crap, I've never seen this before. So I read it and he's not, he had to have gotten it from a story that he knew in his childhood because Abby Yo-Yo is a giant. And he... So it was the grasshopper. Yeah. Oh, it was um, just a giant giant? Yeah, it was a giant human. 
and um, there was this Uh, thing where you had to sing the kid who beat him had to sing this song that he made up, Abby Yo-Yo. So he would sing Abby Yo-Yo, Abby Yo-Yo, and it made him fall asleep. And then his dad like made him vanish or whatever. My dad had no imagination. He was a drunk (laughs) who let the yard get so high. The grass got so high it turned yellow and he didn't want to mow it. So he lit the grass on fire to try to burn it, caught the fucking house on fire and a fire department (laughs) pulled up while my mom was in the shower and the house was on fire on the other end. Oh, Lordy. And all my toys in the middle of the yard, all my, like, G.I. Joes and stuff, I got to watch melt in the middle of the yard. Yeah. Yeah. See, D, that that explains a lot, D. That explains. Now we're we're getting somewhere. Yeah. On the upside, (laughs) it was so funny when you said we were having our next guest on because you played a video, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess Susan and I were both in the same boat. I was like, oh, yeah, she's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Watched, like, a bunch of them. So, yeah, As yeah. opposed to when I usually play the same song 60 times in a row, and Dee's like, shut up, stop oh. it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get Abby in here. She's been gracious enough to hold on the line while we're running late. Abby, are you with us? Yeah, hi. Hi. Hey, hey. what's up? Hey, I got to thank you for calling in. I was looking at your videos, absolutely mind-blowing. And I played in a punk band for years, and I was like, man, this girl is better at spoons than I ever was on bass. And then I was like, you know what? As a matter of fact, she's better at using spoons to play music than I am to use spoons to eat soup. Yeah, yeah. So great <laughs> using these spoons. I just I watched you and um your partner Chris Rodriguez, and I got to tell you, man, I was really blown away by what you guys do. Yeah, we we have a lot of fun doing it, and and I think. I think it's a little confusing to folks a little bit um, watching us that so much sound can come out of stuff that you find around the house. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I'm watching these videos and I'm kind of digging into your past and you have an interesting story just to catch all the listeners up. Tell us a little bit about Abby Roach, where you came from and how you got into just refining this amazing talent. Well, I, I started playing spoons because I was hopping trains around the country. I was just kind of backpacking and floating around and I got into street performance Mm -hmm. and, um, playing spoons was really a way for me to, you know, eat, get a hamburger or uh, get to the next town or whatever it was. Uh, and eventually it turned into something else and I'm really glad for that, but, it was definitely an interesting journey. <laughs> well, reading about your past, the one thing I was thinking about, because you are a traveler and you have settled in Asheville, which we'll talk about here in a second. But what was your relationship like with your, you know, your parents and your immediate family? Were they kind of down with what you were doing or did you kind of hit the road because you had a turbulent childhood? Um, I wouldn't call my childhood turbulent. Um, my parents were really good to me. Uh, for, for the most part though, it, it was a bit of trying to find something new. I had, I had been through a bunch of BS, so to speak in, in Wichita and figured mm. it was, a you know, felt like all I could do, do was start over at that time, you know? And so when I was traveling, you know, I, I think for a while, especially with the, with the spoons playing, I don't think maybe my parents took me too seriously, but, you know, as, um, 
as I time went on and they saw that it was a little bit, uh, there was a little bit more to it. I think that um, it's taken on a different kind of picture in their eyes, or at least, at least I hope so. <laughs> yeah. How did, how did you pick up on uh, planes? I mean, if you're traveling all over, where, where, where did the concept of uh, planes Yeah, good question. Did someone where, where did you pick that up or did you just pick it up on your own? Well, spoons playing like a lot of other jug band instruments kind of comes from folks, poor folks kind of just pulling our, around whatever they have, you know? And mm-hmm. so um, along the rails, traditionally in America, at least, you know, al- along the rails and, um, and whatnot, you'd see, you'd find a lot of jug band music, folks using tools as, mm-hmm as instruments like spoons or even the mouth bow, which is, you know, it's, Oh um, yeah. If, if you hear a lot of folks, when they hear the sound of a jaw harp, you know, or, or they will think it's a jaw harp, but it's actually a mouth bow, which is something totally oh. different. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's a, it's a, you know, an Appalachian thing. And, um, but it's, it's pretty much something that looks similar to a child's hunting bow. And folks used to play hunting bows. They're like a musical saw. Folks would play saw. Mm. And washboards and all that stuff. Yep, yep. Absolutely. You know, those are those are ones that, that folks here you know, are, are more likely to to see. You know, folks don't really realize stuff about the musical saw. A lot of people have never seen that. Well, and here's the thing that I'm thinking the whole time I'm watching this. One, how long does it take to perfect this enough where you can say I'm a professional at it? But more importantly, where do you go from here? Are there things you want to do on the spoons that you haven't been able to get down yet? Or are you at the maximum peak of spoon playing? <laughs> you know, and it's it's funny that you asked me that question because um, I had I had a feller that was – a, a reporter I was talking to last week and he asked me if, if I felt as if I had reached my limit or if, if there was a limit to what I was doing, if I felt restricted. Right. And I, I had never felt that before. And so I just, over the last week I had been sitting here thinking like, should I be worried about something? But the truth of the matter is, is that, the whole point of what I'm doing is, is there, you know, I'm, I'm doing it to promote street performance. I love street performance. I'm doing it to promote storytelling. I love storytelling. Or busking, which is promote... a term I never even heard of until I started researching you. Right, right. Or jug band music in general, you know, so there's a lot more to it than just playing spoons. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Odell, I remember in mid-90s, I want to say 96, 97, Soundgarden came out with Spoon Man. And I think yeah. every yeah. young gentleman on the yep. face of a, of America, at least, wanted to play the fucking Spoons. Did yep. you go through that like I did, where I picked up Spoons the first time I saw that video and was like, I, I could do this. And, of course, I couldn't do that. Well, okay, it was the, so yeah. that's Artist the Spoon Man who's in that nice. video. And Artist the Spoon Man, um, he was a street performer in Seattle for a long time, and now he's retired, and he lives in Port Townsend, Washington. Oh, and he wow. plays a few times a year still. But he's opened up for Carnegie, Carnegie, you know, he's played Carnegie Hall, he's he's played with Frank Zappa, he's 
he's opened up for, for the dead and he is just really good at what he does. <laughs> yeah, that. There's, not a lot, there's not a lot of professional spoon players though to look up to. And who are those? <laughs> who are that? Well, there's two other spoon ladies. There's okay. um, Joe May, who lives in the UK, and she's awesome. She's really proficient. And there's also Deb Spoons Perry, who uh, who lives in Australia, and she went on America or Australia's Got Talent, and she's just really, really funny and really, really great. You took the words out of my mouth because I was going to awesome. say, like, you and your partner should definitely go on America's Got Talent. America's oh. Got Talent needs to see what you're doing. I, I, okay, so they've emailed us a bunch, and we always say no, probably for the last, you know, six, seven years or so. Oh, wow. And it's always a no. And and, and, and the gong show, too. But it's it's just, it's too much for the contracts, you know? We're front porch okay. people. Gotcha. <laughs> so you don't know, want to get a little much that, for us. Yeah. Our buddy, uh, Christopher Wonder, who's a magician, like a really vaudevillian magician, went on the gong show, and he did not have good things to say about the experience. Yeah, and, and that's my thing, is, is this, it's just too much for us, you know. We have video projects that we're, that we're wanting to do, and we're just going to find a way to back them ourselves and, and do it a little more grassroots. Yeah, that's so cool. It, it just I know has a better way to do it. <laughs> And I know as a, a street performer, I, I, I live in Baltimore, and um, this was a handful of years ago. I used to hang out um, uh, with this guy, uh, Tommy Buckets, and um, he's a, uh, basically, uh, he, he can play the drums. He's a ridiculous drummer, and, um, but like he basically went around the country and, and literally brought, took his buckets and had, you know, he'd have his buckets tuned uh, to a th- different degrees and everything. And he absolutely enjoyed it. Do you do you see yourself going back out on the road and doing that, or are you are you have you planted your roots in Asheville and you're and you're uh, there for good, if you will? Well, um, I plan on going to Nashville and getting some tickets for street performing really really soon. Nice. <laughs> we'll be out there to nice. see then, because we're in Tennessee. Yeah, we're they're shutting street performers down there. Eight tickets, you go to jail. So I'm going to go down there and shake my fists a little bit and hopefully um, have some friends with some cameras following me. <laughs> take okay. some video. And that's interesting you know, too, so, because you're also an activist and you started an organization called the Asheville Busker Collective too. I, th- I don't think a lot of people know that just seeing your videos come across your Facebook feeds. Right. Right. We, we deal, you know, we, we talk with the city with about, you know, our public space issues and better, you know, have to do with street performing or crowd size, pedestrian safety, things like that. And then we've also gone and we've talked to several other cities. Like, uh, I was just in Spartanburg, South Carolina, once street performing. So we went and okay. had a chat with them and talked to their street performer group that they have started. Um, I'm going to be going down to Ocala, Florida, in April and be giving a talk to, uh, to the culture center center there about street performance and how they can do it in an appropriate way in Ocala. And so, that's yeah, amazing just, too. 
that you're actually out there fighting for this. Too. Yeah, yeah. I think folks have a have a lot of misunderstandings as to what street performance is, and so it causes a lot of regulations to be placed when things could be gone about in a much different way. Yeah. What's definitely. the biggest misconception about busking and about street performance? Well, um, one is that cities, when regulating, they start thinking about it like it should be a stage instead of a front porch. You know, street performing is about... It, well, street performing is about freedom of speech. It's about, you know, mm-hmm. swapping songs with your friends on the street, inviting people. You know, money might be a part of it, but that's only a little tiny bit of it. You know, it's about learning about new cultures, seeing new things that you haven't seen before, learning how to do new things you haven't been able to learn before. And so, like, Austin, Texas is a good example of this, which is another music city. You know, right now... Um, the new program is, you know, they place you and schedule you in spots. And mm-hmm. so it's more like a stage, more like they're booking things. Decatur, Georgia is doing the same thing. It's just kind of sad. You know, and the whole point is to, you know, spread community. You know, right. we we end up with folks who are saying, well, what about these, you know, traveling kids who are dirty and panhandlers and drunk people with guitars. And you ask those cities, have you ever promoted street performing? Have you ever put it out to, to um, you know, people who are professional musicians and told them that it's legal to go street performing? Because chances are there's no information anywhere, not on the city website, nowhere. It just and that makes you, you like, culture. But this is something we had to do. Yeah. yeah. You have to promote oh, yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Me and um, Dee actually went out to New Orleans. We go out as often as we can, but we were out there this last summer for my birthday. Indeed, there were street performers abound, and that's part of what makes that city so great. Yeah, there are. All around Jackson Square, just about any day of the week. And you could tell that some of these folks... I mean, they weren't just somebody picked up like a violin and a guitar and they decided to play together. It was... This is obviously years of passion and practice and honing their craft. And I mean, I have, I have, I don't think I've ever seen or heard more beautiful music in my life live. They were playing Dixie at the airport when we pulled in. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. And that, that's part of the reason that- we're actually going to be there in two years. We're moving there for sure. Um, because I've never seen so much music and so much art, and I'm just like, I need to live here. <laughs> that's how it was in. Um, that's how it was in England when I went this summer. When uh, not, I'm so not, not jealous ne- of you, man. I know, right? Not, not necessarily in London, but in Bath. If you go further up, out into the country, and uh, Bath, um, uh, they have street performers, and I was talking to some of the people there. And the ladies, uh, the ladies there, they were like, yeah, a lot of these performers go on to start playing like actual arenas and stuff. And they've all started right here in this particular area. And I was like, holy cow, there was like an opera singer out there. There was another guy that played um, all the keys on a guitar. So he was playing the bass, the, the lead, all of that, just different things. And he's like, yeah, a lot of these performers move on and they start doing even bigger and better things, uh, you know, uh, from here. But they get noticed here, right here in the street. 
Yeah, street performing lends to a lot of really, really good practice. But not only practice playing, but practice like keeping a crowd, practice with the way you're performing, how you're using your voice, your instrument, what catches people's attention. And so performers who go out street performing on a consistent basis learn a lot of aspects of performance that maybe the stage is lacking. And, and you know, to no fault of stage musicians, you know, it's just a different horse altogether. You know, it's a lot a more personal, right? You can connect on the street performing in a way that somebody on the stage with that gate and the bouncers, there's no way they can connect the way you can. I've watched your video- videos. You connect with people. Well, this weekend, you know, we, we went to Kentucky and we played two back-to-back library shows. You know, we played 800 people. And it was nice, you know, had a really nice stage, nice sound system. And then we went to Asheboro and we played to about 400 people there. And they had a real nice stage and a sound system. They even had a balcony there. And that was Saturday. And then Sunday morning, we woke up, we drove back into town and we went street performing. Nice. All right, I want to... Because, you know, you know, we have the po- we have the capability of booking large venues and being able to fill them. But when you take all of that and you kind of break it back down and you're back on everyone else's level sitting right there on the concrete with them, it's different. It feels good. It feels like you're dusting off the cobwebs a little bit. Yeah, I can only imagine. And I used to love connecting with the crowd when I used to play in a punk band. And I mean, Odell, you know, you've played music with me. To me, it's all Mm -hmm. about the performance. It's all about the connection. Right, Odell? Oh, definitely. Most definitely. That's the thing is just that it doesn't matter if there's like two to 100 people. It doesn't matter if you're making that connection with whoever you're playing with. And you can see them actually physically inspired because you inspire people. That's the thing you don't even realize to the utmost is that you're actually inspiring somebody. It's like, holy cow, there's somebody out here doing what they love. They're not afraid to put it out there in the public. And that's why even even more so as a street performer, because you're putting it out there to everybody. You're not just putting it out there to um, a fixed group that maybe likes the same genre of music that you do or whatever in a club or on a stage in a big venue. You're actually doing it in front of the public. And I think that takes even more heart and, and belief in yourself as well. well. It is a little tough, you know, but it's 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 kind of weird. Street performance has kind of turned into a different thing for me now. Now when I go out there, I feel like I'm in my living room. That's you cool. know, I feel really at home. And, um, and I, I guess I feel slightly more intimidated on a stage because I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm reaching. I can't see, especially if there's lights. I can't see everybody. There's that disconnect. Yeah, good <laughs> right, right, right. It feels, sure. feels like a really weird, deep void. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not quite used to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me finish up with this because we're in Knoxville, and one of the places we love to go, which is about two hours away, is Asheville. And we actually kicked around the idea before New Orleans of moving to Asheville. And I know you kind of ended up there by accident. But Asheville, the culture, especially for a southern city, oh my it is like a hub of culture down in Asheville. What makes that city so special? Well, Asheville has always kind of cultivated this creativity part of itself. 
And uh, I think because of that, a lot of travelers have settled here and made roots. And a lot of artists have settled here and made roots and a lot of musicians mm-hmm. because they're friends here and then their friends bring more friends. And it kind of happens. It happened in Austin. happened in Lawrence, Kansas. It happened in mm-hmm. you know, Burlington, Vermont. A lot of college towns. End up. Even in Oregon. Yep. And like parts of Portland. Portland was that way. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and more breeds more breeds more. You know, I think Asheville's at this turning point, though, where we have to really talk, have that stern conversation about um, appropriate and responsible tourism. You know, because that's how we're going to lose it if we don't watch it. We need to make sure that throughout all the growth that we're experiencing that we carve out those niches for these artists and these musicians who have come in to to continue to fill. Well, Asheville is great, though. And So, Abby, are you saying Asheville's starting to get a little bit more restrictive because of the tourism? No, not restrictive, um, but we do have some issues, and especially in regards to street performing. Um, We're going through growing pains. Uh, The Asheville Buskers Collective started in 2014, And from the beginning, we've asked for a couple of things. And those two things, for the most part, have been we need more sidewalk space. And we especially need it before more hotels open. Yeah, that's so true. We wanted wanted the ability to be able to sell our CDs on the street, even if it meant that we had to get permits the way that the the folks with the carts do. Not for playing, but for just selling of the merchandise. And we were willing to do that and, and figure out a system for that. None of those things have happened. We don't have an inch more of sidewalk space where any of our performances happen. And so next year, our buskers who are doing the same things in the exact same spots that they were 10 years ago are going to have people standing out in the middle of the yellow line in the middle of the street. Oh, wow. And, and, a... and I know, I know that, that Chris and I have a big crowd. You know, people come down, they seek us out. But we're not the only ones. You know, we have, right. we have a lot of really, really talented performers. And, and I'm talking multiple groups are going to have people in the street. And, and so my question is, and has continuously been, are we going to shut down performers and say, okay, well, this is too much. You have to go over here now, like they do so often in cities, which crushes street performance culture. Yeah, Baltimore was like that. Yeah, yeah, Baltimore and Inner Harbor was very much like that. Yeah, right. It 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 doesn't work that way. You know, buskers are attracted to people. People aren't attracted to buskers. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't work the opposite way around. And so, you know, I'm hoping that we can figure something out. They keep saying, "Well, we'll wait for the downtown master plan." We're talking, you know, five, ten years from now. What are we going to do right now? You know, because our crowds are going to keep getting bigger. We're going to keep, you know, telling people to come to Asheville, come and see these great performers that there's no longer room for. Yeah, and that's a great point, too, because it's weird. I never thought of it this way until you just said that. You have Asheville, and you have this culture, and you have the definition of freedom, people on the street making their own way, making their own living, living by their own rules, and then you it's butting up against this bureaucracy. 
and the wheels are always turning. And I don't think of Asheville that way, but I guess the just by the fact that it's a city, there is a bureaucracy there. You know, cities cities kind of go through stages of tourism, I've come to see. And, and this is something mm-hmm. I noticed, you know, traveling around the country and looking at it from the sidewalk up, is that, you know, a city will start feeling tourism, a downtown area will go from this maybe barren kind of area, maybe some, some pawn shops and stuff. And then it'll go through the little tourist boom and they'll start, you know, seeding it out to families and whatnot. And then if you don't hold on to the reins, it goes to party mode, yeah. which is where Nashville is. Yeah. <laughs> I hear and, you. And, and, and that's what happens is, is if you don't practice responsible tourism, you lose everything that is what it is. And now, you know, Nashville, Tennessee is an example. Folks that used to come down there even for the tourism, the family tourism, are now going down 2nd Street and they're getting coyote ugly and wondering where they're going to take their 12-year-old kid. That's such yeah, a great exactly. You can only play laser tag and go to the Hall of Fame so many times. So many times, exactly, exactly. Man, this is just keying up. Um, we got to let you get out of here, Abby. We've got our next guest on. Before we let you go, I want to thank you so much for calling in. Yeah. What you do is so important. I have been screaming from the mountaintops over the last couple years as everything has gotten more politically toxic that I'm into fucking like weaponized creativity. Right now, art is That's more right. important That's right. than anything. And I suppose, you know, I used to give GoFundMe's for different things that were going on, but now it's all art related. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to thank you for what you do and also ask you where everybody can find you online. Oh, spoonladymusic.com. If you Google Spoon Lady, I'll show up a thousand times. Yeah, you will. All righty, Abby. Thank you so much. Thank we'll you, Abby. Thank you so much. Because I'm not getting sure thing. enough time with the guest tonight. So we'll talk to you soon. All righty. Sure thing. Thank you. All righty. Um, Odell, I feel like we're playing dominoes here. We're moving at such a fast pace. Four yeah. guests tonight <laughs> instead of one. Uh, this is awesome. <laughs> All right, so this next band you turned me on to. I wanted yes. to do a show with a bunch of different bands that are kind of outside of the mainstream, outside of the little box that everybody <laughs> wants to put stuff in. You said you have to go check out Oakley Doakley. I went to check them out. And what turned you on about this band? Because it's like one thing I love about this band actually is the keyboard and the rhythms. It is amazing yeah. how infectious it is. Well, being that I am a southpaw, a left-hander, um, I was automatically drawn to him because of the Simpsons and, and, and Ned Flanders. Of course. So uh, that was number one. And number two, knowing that you're a big comic head and you're a big Simpsons, Futurama, all of that type uh, guy, I was like, how does Nick, Nick needs to know about this band? Um, I, I heard about them. I was just actually reading like a Rolling Stone uh, online. Or no, I was actually traveling uh, for work, my fault. And, um, I had gotten a particular Rolling Stone, uh, magazine and they had a little, one of those little things that they do at the beginning of them or whatever. It's like a little feature, mini feature, if you will. And they had them and it was like all these guys dressed as net planners. So I was like, Holy crap, let me check this out. And at the time they really didn't have much out. It was just a couple of songs. And I think they hadn't even played yet. It was more so they were about to play. And yeah. then once I started, once I started listening to them, I just fell in love with them. And then, um, yeah. So once you were talking about doing an episode like this, I was like, "Oh, dude, we, we, I know, I know a band." <laughs> yeah, you did. And I mean, this is a band that is turning the internet on its ned, pun intended. Yep. 
And it's consisting of Red Ned, Thread Ned, Stead Ned, Bled Ned, and tonight we're going to have Head Ned on. Before we get the Head Ned on, D, you want to play about a minute of the music just to kind of let the fans know who they are? Yes. This is my favorite song on their album. Oh, this song's great. So there's always a bit of nostalgia in the listening to it, too. Uh, let's get Head Ned in here. Head Ned, are you with us? I am. Can you guys hear me all right? I all right. Perfectly. Yeah. Howdy doodly. How's it going? Dude, dude, I am so excited, and I know Nick is excited. Thank you for uh, taking the time out to uh, to come on. <laughs> He's truly being yeah. a good neighborino, isn't he, Odell? I guess he is. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. All right, let's yeah, start well, off with this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is something we've absolutely been looking forward to. Um, we put this show together with Max Sabbath, you guys, Calabunga Pizza Time, because me being a musician, at least I used to be a musician, a person who loves music, a music fanatic, I've noticed over this past couple of years that there have been a lot of like fun, nerdy, humorous, hard metal punk bands that have been kind of moving into this satirical direction. And I just think people are hungry for this fun type of heavy music because of the political toxicity and just like the like the boiling cesspool of social media. You just can't escape it. And I really think that there's a true hunger out there for bands like Oakley Doakley. Yeah, yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. I think uh, one of the proudest things that, that happened with Oakley Doakley was... Uh, I think it was it was around like 2015 when we first released our, our like selves to the world, um, and uh, we ended up being kind of the top trending thing on Facebook and a little bit on like Reddit, but way more attention than we ever thought we'd get. And it was nice to kind of be on top of all this terrible news because generally news is terrible. Yeah, and yeah, it is. See us as this this goofy thing, kind of like getting people's attention and it not involving somebody dying or somebody being corrupt or somebody doing something unned like yeah it's so exactly. flanders of you guys to get out there <laughs> like in a human collective like consciousness just by like putting on the green sweater and going out there and just being a good neighborinos yeah and it was entirely unintentional we didn't think we'd get uh anywhere beyond our backyard with with the little thing so it was it was quite a surprise. Were you apprehensive about it going in? Like, okay, people are not going to take this seriously. We might even piss off the metal community going in and playing this really heavy music and putting this kind of humorous, satirical spin on it. 
That that's that pretty much hits the nail on the head. Um, yeah, we intended on uh, kind of the the original idea was to get one of those logos that's so obscure and crazy and metal that you you can't even read what the band name is on it. Yeah, my <laughs> best friend was in Dying Fetus, and I could never read his name. Yeah, yeah. So we we wanted one of those, but. A, it would say Oakley Doakley, and then we'd get booked on these, you know, eight band, you know, grind metal shows without anybody knowing like what the bit was. And so, in the middle of this whole show, where you have everybody coming out and like, you know, dressed black, black, dressed black <laughs> yeah, everything's like crazy. And then we're supposed to come out to this crowd of like whatever nine people showed up that night and and put be this kind of like what what was that. <laughs> and that was kind of what drove it. The only reason we put stuff online was we, we kept trying to describe what our idea was and what Oakley Doakley was, and people didn't believe us. People thought we were crazy. People were like, ah. And so I just I got tired of talking about it, and I was like, well, let's just do a demo. Let's put some photos online so we can at least just say, look at the photos. That, that'll give you a better idea. And then all of a sudden there went to our idea of, being that little band on a show because before we ever played a show all of a sudden like the internet ate us yeah Yeah, dude it it was crazy man like i told nick i saw it in like it was either rolling stone or spin and i'm like so of course i naturally like got to where i needed to go and i'm looking you guys up and i'm like i know they got to be playing and it was and it was like you hadn't even played your first show yet but you were all over the internet it was like you, you there were so many hits on that article it was it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. We had booked a uh, a seventy five person venue for that first show, and then all of a sudden we had a thousand people RSVP'd to it. So, I mean, wow. there, there are worse there are worse situations. That's for sure. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> God damn yeah. right. But that just goes back to my point where you hadn't even put out your music yet. You had just put out the concept of what you were, and people are hungry for this. This is the right time to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we had no idea either. I mean, we'd, we'd known about bands like Max Sabbath and uh, uh, Austrian Death Machine um, and like even like bands that don't necessarily have a pop culture thing, but like the Aquabats, I, I listen to a ton of the yeah. Aquabats. Yeah. So like we just those bands looked like fun, and that was the whole reason we decided like, oh, this this could be fun. Let's let's do it. And then we we never intended on being like producing and putting something out to the masses and having the masses pay attention. We just thought that because we had taken our audience which is like well you have to be you at least know a bit of the simpsons and be a bit of a simpsons fan and you also have to like enjoy metal we thought that our demographic would be like very small like we had just alienated two entirely separate groups of people and lo and behold (laughs) we were wrong very wrong and i gotta tell you man um let me get this in real quick odell yeah yeah, yeah. i was watching your show from springfield last june on youtube and i'm watching max sabbath and we're having calabunga pizza time on next and the thing that i think makes you guys so successful and work is as i'm watching you interact with the audience they get it they get the humor they understand exactly what this is and i think this is why all those bands work in the metal community is because all those cats get it Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's really, it comes off like you have a lot of metal fans who just like, it seems like such a, a serious genre. 
and a serious yeah, thing. But man, the the just the most developed sense of humor I think exists in a lot of these like a lot of these like heavy metal fans, and it's just it's very hidden and it's 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 very great. It's like shows and our fans and the people that show up to them are just some of the most like genuine and like uh, just they they know how to good have a good time and they really enjoy this like just dark strange humor. Yeah, go ahead, Adele. I'm sorry for cutting. Oh you. no, no, no! It's I, I, I was doing some re, uh, just like you know, some overview and stuff. It, is it true that you guys came up with your band name like a couple of like you and and the and 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 one of the other guys were in like a grocery store line? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I think we were at a Target or something, and it was a, a, a <laughs> drummer, Bled, Bledned, and I. It was hanging out of line, and it was it was kind of one of those conversations that goes across like three days, and it started out with just like, what's the like goofiest like you imagine this this romstein style band or like ghost or something where they have this huge production there's flames explosions deep growls the most brutal stage show you can think of and the band walks out and says how's it going we're the powerpuff girls too or like we're like the the worst or just goofiest or most like unfitting band name for that and we're just in line, and one of us, we don't remember which, just rattled off Oakley Dokley. And we <laughs> chuckled about it for a couple of days, and we we're like, oh, yeah, and, and the lead singer is dressed like Ned Flanders. And somebody else was like, and they're all dressed like Ned Flanders. They're all dressed. And, <laughs> and, and like, I was like, that's just, that's ridiculous. And it, it sounded like fun, and it kind of, the, the planets aligned, and I just started grabbing some friends of mine that said like, Hey, would you be interested in uh, wearing a sweater and playing some songs based on some Ned quotes? And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, sure. That sounds like fun. And, and, you, and you, yeah. And that, that is so cool because, you know, as, as, a, as a, as a, as a Simpson fan, you know, they've been on forever. I mean, I think they started when I was a, like a sophomore in high school. Now I'm, you know, 44 and have and married and have three kids. So and Ned Flanders has been on there since the get go, so it's not like you you're you're never going to run short of you know Ned Flanders quotes or you know anything that yeah, you can sure. be inspired uh you know for songwriting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been it's been fun with the first record. A lot of it was like I had there was some really like popular Ned quotes that had kind of gone like full meme status. Like uh, he says he feels like he's wearing nothing at all. Um, that became one of our songs, like, and then as I'm writing more and more songs and I'm, uh, just kind of watching through the Simpsons, uh, these past few like months have just been going through episode by episode, watching the show and picking up quotes, writing down things here and there. So I'm excited to write and release some more music that's based on some lesser known quotes and some really hidden Ned stuff that just that caught me by surprise and, and was really brutal for for things that Ned said. Well, let's dig into the psychology of Ned. Do you think in the Simpsons universe, Ned Flanders would secretly be a metal fan and like have a sex dungeon in his house, or he is the like the wholesome person he presents out to the world? I, you know, I think I think that there is a little bit of like hiddenness to Ned, and I think they hint at that. I mean, the timeline shifts and changes and whatnot, but they, they did introduce Ned Flanders as like a Beatles fan. Um, right. Yeah. So like, 
like that came out and like you you, you kind of wouldn't expect that and like the the hurricane Nettie episode really delves into the psyche of ned flanders and that's where they they kind of revealed that his like his parents were just lousy beatniks that never really yeah. punished him and and then he was sent to a school and he was like spanked and punished for for like six or seven or eight months straight and that's where he developed this like stutter and his goofy like haddly diddly 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 like that <laughs> language <laughs> wow, you've, gone, you've gone into this you've gone down the ned rabbit hole i i've been forced down the ned rabbit hole i i, I truly did i was studying for for this band and then when all of a sudden everybody in the world knew that i i was part of this ned flanders thing a lot of people want to quiz you on things and oh, like God, what's this and imagine. like oh that that and i'm like okay well he worked in pharmaceuticals and yeah he was spanked for eight months and so yeah it's been uh i've i've enjoyed it but i have had to brush up on my ned history a bit that's amazing um odell that is so awesome reading stories of like Chuck Norris and everywhere he goes, someone wants to fight him. Head and neck yeah. has the exact same thing, but with Simpsons trivia. That's right. it. That is it. When you, when you sit in there and you're like, yeah, I really got to, you know, how it's, it's gotta be pretty cool when, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, why well, I, I have to watch another episode of the Simpsons. You know, this is research. Yeah. That's this is research. Good to have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably, probably one of the only guys who can write off, uh, watching Simpsons time as like work time on my taxes or something like that. Like, <laughs> that is so cool. All the so DVD copies, think, uh, that's a business. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think Homer would think of the band? And is there any possibility Oakley Doakley will be appearing on a Simpsons episode sometime in our lifetime? Oh, man. Oh, man. So, I mean, Homer, Homer's got a variety of, of musical interests and things, but I think just by the fact that like Homer already hates one Ned Flanders, so you present him <laughs> with five of them. You would be the bane of his existence. Yeah, yeah, that that that'd be the worst thing for Homer. I mean, his stock of power tools to borrow goes up. That's great, but I think generally he's just he, the band would make him miserable, um, <laughs> as one Ned already does. Um, and yeah, so it's just like a Homer, I think, yeah, would, would hate the band. Um, what was the other question? I entirely forgot. You think you guys will be ever showing thing? up on an episode oh, right. of the Simpsons? You know, I don't know that it, it'd have to be this crazy. We've called it like a Simpsonception where something, That's something based I like off to see the happen. show. Yeah. It, something based off the show would be like repeated in there. Like I, I really don't know. We've kind of, we've been wary of any, any contact from the like Fox or, or anything like that, just cause we're, we're never sure. We've always tried to stay safe on the legality of all this. We've never used trademark yeah. terms. We create all our own stuff and everything. Um, so I don't know how much that like Fox and, and the Simpsons do want to embrace this, this strange version of Ned. Um, but I mean, yeah, you don't want to get on the bad cool. side of like the groaning industrial complex. Yeah, yes. yeah, and I'm sure, and we've had like Al Jean has tweeted about us, and we've had somebody who said they worked for for Matt Matt Groening reach out to us and said we were cool and everything. But I know that it's yeah, like you said, the the Simpsons are more than just like 
just like the show and the creators of it who might right. be cool with everything. They're also the the lawyers and Fox Broadcasting and and all that. But I mean, we've we've got nothing against them, and we're in no way trying to harm or usurp any of the like actual Simpsons fans. I think we're just kind of like a, a bonus add-on for Simpsons fans, right? Uh, yeah, that's the way I look at it. But yeah, as far as us being being on the show, I. I if that would be excellent, I wouldn't be entirely heartbroken. I'd be totally understanding if if that never came to fruition, and we just we were this kind of cult Ned Flanders band. I think it's time <laughs> for a writing campaign. Oh, another thing too, and we've got to let you go here in a minute. But the running gag on The Simpsons is you never know what state it's in because there's a Simpsons in every state. Is there any chance mm. you guys will be doing a fifty state Springfield tour and just playing every Springfield in the country? Oh man, I've uh, I actually had a, a friend of mine, the guy who does all our, our t-shirts, recommended that. Like that was one of the first thing he, things that he said. And he actually went out and researched where every Springfield is, and kind of like I was like, ah, if he went to this Springfield and that Springfield and that, you could do it. So I, it's not outside of the the realm of possibility. Um, I, I'd love to do that, go out and, and hit every spring, Springfield that there is. The, the Springfield, Missouri is the only one we've played so far, and that right. was that was an absolutely excellent crowd. And I could imagine and they were into it. Yeah, that was that was such a fun show, um, and we were excited because we were actually playing in Springfield. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love love the possibility of of a Springfield only tour. Odell, I'll make you a deal. If they play a Springfield-only tour, I, we will go see them, me and D, in Springfield, Tennessee, and you have to go see them in Springfield, Maryland. That sounds great to me. And then I we'll report back on it and have Ned back. All right, let me wrap up with this. <laughs> when I first saw when Odell sent me this stuff, I looked at your picture first. It was almost eerie looking. And here you are, head Ned. You've got all the other Neds. Are we in a situation where it's, you know, Red Ned, Thread Ned, Stead Ned, Bled Ned? Is this like a hive mind situation and you're like the board queen of the Neds or are all Neds created equal? Uh, I think that he, I've got the name head Ned just cause I've kind of been, I've been the guy pushing this one. I, I write the songs and everything. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I, I kind of sit as like the queen Ned on there, but at, at the same time, like it's the, the, the creative input comes from, from everybody in the band um especially on tour it's a very then it switches to a very much a group effort where a lot of the neds are going into it but from the kind of creative perspective like i'll usually lead musically and and the other neds like they'll they'll do some of the design stuff um one of the neds was like a lot of them were instrumental in like our music video and things like that so it is it is kind of a kind of a mixture I'd say. Wow, you're like Ricky Ricardo at the Tropicana. Heck yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up because we got our next guest on. But please, Head Ned, tell everybody where we can fulfill our Oakley Doakley needs on the interwebs. And do you have a new album coming on the horizon? Because it's been, what, about a year and a half since you released that original album, right? Yep, yep. Howdly Doodly is about a year and a half old. What We've been, we've been using the working title Howdly Toodly. Uh, nice. Ridiculousness. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh, we've got some things in the works. Nothing complete enough to to give any hard deadlines or, or hard dates on there. Um, but but we're working on it. 
it's something that we're, we're taking our time with. Um, and uh, if anyone wants to see some strange pictures of, of five guys just like Ned Flanders, then oakleydoakley.com is the, uh, the domain that I reluctantly rolled out of bed a, a day before we went vi- viral and bought. Uh, wow. I can't believe it wasn't taken. I, I was asleep. I was about to go to bed and I thought like, no, somebody might see it on the internet and buy it. And the oakleydoakley.com, um, that goes to us. And then we're on Facebook, Instagram, um, and Reddit to wherever. Sometimes we pop back up on strange feeds. If you wait long enough, you might just see our faces roll across your, your Facebook feed Sometimes. You guys <laughs> should just go take over 4chan and fight like the alt right. Ned Flanders. There you go. All the Flanders versus the alt right. <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. pay to see that. Oh, by the way, before I, I let you go, I've got to mention this. I saw probably one of the most amazing 30 second promos ever. They were playing, you guys were doing like this little promo, this brutal, like insane music comes on, and then all of you smile and start waving. And it was such a contrast. I was it like, was, this, oh, yeah. it's fucking <laughs> genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's how a lot of the band is. We, we embrace the duality of, of being both Ned and brutal at the same time. You are awesome. a brutal Ned. All right, awesome. we gotta let you get out of here. Thank you so thank much. Thank you Ned so Ned much. For calling in yeah. tonight. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Take care. Oh, it's been thank awesome. All righty, um, Odell, you having the time you thought you were going to have? I know you've been talking about this show for like a month now, month and a half, yeah. maybe. Oh. oh yeah, oh yeah, oh my gosh, this has been great. This has been really, really cool. Is this your prom? I didn't go to prom. <laughs> Is this like your prom? I went to prom. I guess it would be. I went to prom. I didn't really want to go to prom. I, my, my parents sort of made me go to prom just because it was like, look, you'll regret it down the road. So I just wanted to go out and eat. I mean, you know, that, that's all I wanted to do. I don't go think to that's dinner. what most horny <laughs> teenagers are thinking about doing when they think about going to prom. Yeah, you know, I, it was like, I, man, I got to spend all this. I got to spend all this money and, and stuff. I'm like, I just. Can we just go to dinner? Do we? Because you know, you go to prom. All you're doing is standing there with your friends. It's just like going to school, except you're dressed up. <laughs> you know, it's weird though. Like I have my best eating experiences with you. I remember that day we had band practice way back in the government cheese days. Oh, dude, and that was you a great day. You crab truck, and you brought yes. like two bushels of crabs. We were at your yep. place, and I went to my uncle's restaurant. Who Johnny Boys had the best ribs in Southern yes. at that time. Yes. And got a yes. couple slabs of ribs, and we feasted like kings. We, yes, we did. Oh, Serge, Serge, Serge still talks about that day. Like we oh, still, really? we, that's oh, dude, that was all time great. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? We're Americans, so we actually have eating memories. That's it. <laughs> Other countries are like, remember that time we actually had a day without getting like Scud missiles dropped on us. Meanwhile, we're yeah. like assholes in America. Like, remember that time we ate until we were throwing up in the backyard at the picnic table? Oh, man. that was great. Oh All right. man, let's Ooh. move on. Um, the next band you actually introduced me to, and I thought about this today when I was putting everything together. This is the second week in a row we've had a Baltimore band on. We yes. Just on women on last yep. episode and i was like man is baltimore blowing up with music yeah B- baltimore is i i tell people all the time uh uh 
they there's a tremendous amount of music that comes from Baltimore that I think a lot of people don't even realize until somebody says, oh, that's a Baltimore band. You're like, what, really? No, Baltimore is, is a hotbed, and it's really cool because, you know, with us, we, we came up in the D.C. scene, but we went to shows in Baltimore. If those particular bands didn't go to D.C., we would come up to Baltimore to see them. And um, a lot of those artists and bands that were in that scene are up here now, so it makes it even better. So it's just like this whole conglomerate of, of, of really good music. And it's always been up here. It's just, it's just the way it the like city, Jimmy city's made. Wasn't like Jimmy and Julius Bloom and all those? That was all Baltimore, right? That whole little pop. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was like the foul record. So you had like, yeah, Jimmy's and Julius, almighty senators who still right. you know, play here and there. Um, a couple of those guys live right up the street here. I see them all the time, which is really cool. Um, oh, Lake Trout. Um, oh, I, I can, I, yeah, I can go on and on, man. It's, it's, it's a good scene now, you know, like, um, uh, oh man, uh, lonely, uh, Island, um, uh, beach house, uh, you know, Y Oak. There's a, a ton of music that comes from this area that people do not really, uh, I mean, future islands, I'm sorry, that really, uh, just don't know until they hear it and they, it gets out there and then they're like, holy cow, those bands are right from, right around where we uh, came from. Well, so it's, it's such it's, a great city. It is. It is a great city. I, I, I love living. I tell people all the time how I enjoy right. living up here. Well, let's not leave the ninja online too much longer. Cause I don't want him to come yeah. down to Tennessee and kick our ass. Uh, Mikey, <laughs> are you with us? Hey, yeah, I'm here. How you doing guys? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, man. What's happening? I have been checking out all things Calabunga Pizza Time, and there is something new on my bucket list. I want to fucking party with the Calabunga Pizza Clan. It is, like, (laughs) foremost on my to-do list now. You guys are having (laughs) so much fun. There you go. It's already there, man. And like I said, the Baltimore scene is – and I have a theory, too – I feel like Baltimore is blowing up with all this, like, on one side, this activist, great music, like War and Women. On the other side, we got you guys going out there and doing your thing. I feel like the city uh-huh. right now is boiling over, and people just want to go out and have some fun. I Yeah, I think you're right, man. Um, there's been a lot of... Uh, I've noticed that, you know, a lot of bands that have a platform are using it. Like, we all want to party, but, like, at the same time, yeah, there's stuff that can't be ignored and shouldn't be yeah. ignored. and. You know, so like, you know, everywhere from, you know, little holes in the wall, like Sidebar up to big shows like Autobar, like, you know, you, you brought up War and Women, but like Y Oak is just as active. Like, I think the last time I saw them, they had buttons that just said fuck guns on them. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. They were, giving, nice. they were giving away at the Autobar. Um, yep. That, yeah. So like, it's, you know, every, every, it's, and it's cool, you know, cause like that's, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of love here. And like, I, you know, like you said, like dude, the people just want to have fun, but. We can't just we can't just ignore what's uh, what's wrong in this world. So we try right. to, we try to bring we try to bring both those things together when when we play. You know, saving the world is fun. <laughs> and I think that's the formula too. And you know, we were just talking with Head Ned about this. How we had Max Sabbath on. You guys were having all these bands on that are on the periphery. They're doing metal. They're doing punk, but they're not doing it in a traditional like you know, grinding it out and just having these dark messages. And it's because people mm-hmm. are so fucking beaten down by hate and division now. When I watch your videos, I'm I'm not even thinking about Mitch McConnell or any, or Donald Trump or any of that shit when I'm watching you guys guys and i think people want that elixir right now yeah you know like there's uh so much so much of our current existence takes place 
on the internet. I mean, like, I mean, let's face it, we're doing it right now. You know, like the three of yeah. us are having this conversation through various devices, and it's going to be put out onto another device that will, people can listen to from wherever the heck they are. Um, yeah, we might we, end up we, on we, a we cooking channel for all we know. Yes, yeah, uh, you know, um, we we we're like I'm gonna we're, I'm gonna plug all of our social media at the end of the at the end of this, I'm sure, and like that's how we communicate <laughs> with each other a lot these days, not just us, but like as human beings. So when you have a show and you have a lot of people all together in the room, it's like it's not rare now, but I think it is kind of extra special now, and it should be that that should be paid attention to, you know, like we we take interaction so much for granted now but not necessarily how we're doing it. And when people are all together in one place, a lot of like crazy things can happen. Like six, like six of us are in a band, but like three people, two people makes a band sometimes. Why? I mean, Again, let's, let's talk about them. Double dagger, three people. Like, yeah. Yep. You don't need them. Three people uh, in future islands, you know, like you, you don't, a movement can start with any number of people. When you have a lot of people together in one room, you have a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of possibility there, you know? So like, I think that's one of the things we try to also bring to our live shows is like, you know, that human interaction, human interaction is real. And, uh, you know, in all of its forms, whether it's online or in real life. And more so Sorry, in real life. That was a long winded answer. No, I love, trust me, <laughs> I can, I'm an old man. I'm 46. I can go on forever. I love long winded <laughs> answers. I like getting into the really nougat center of the brain. Um, Odell, I was yeah. watching Ricky Gervais the other day, his new stand-up special on Netflix, and something yeah. uh-huh. just occurred to me. It was like, people go out and pay 50, 60 bucks, whatever his concert would be, just to see people speak, to get away from their devices. And I just said it earlier in the show, I'm a big advocate for this term that I made up called weaponized creativity. When all this Trump shit went down, I said, dude, I'm into fucking weaponized creativity. I'm going to go out there and support art because art's never been more important. And yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. People just want to get out of their houses naturally. I think it's a natural instinct away from their devices and go have some fun and let loose. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I honestly, yeah, I honestly believe that. I think um, it, it, we're at a point now where they, there's, there's self-help guides on, okay, Sunday night, put all devices down. We're going to have a conversation around the dinner table. It's like, wow, we, we, we have come to that. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you know, when you so. walk in your 12-year-old daughter's bedroom and her and her best friend are laying next to each other on the bed side by side and texting each other, you know society's <laughs> gone fucking awry. It happens, oh, man, God, but yeah. – you know. You know, but like, 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 like you guys are saying, you know, that's the beautiful thing about shows. That's the beautiful thing about music. Um, going to shows is that, you know, the devices are put away. You're, you know, you're, you're going, you're with your friends most of the time, especially here in Baltimore. And you can attest for this is that everybody knows everybody pretty much. So you're, 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 you're going to go to a show or you're going to see a band that you're like, Oh snap, you know, I, they were in this yeah. band before, or I've played with them in this band before. I don't know how many times I've run across people's pictures or names are gone in. I'm like, wait a minute. Like when we had Sean on last week, I was like, I remember you. Where did I remember you? And, and, you know, they were in that band of Vec and I was like, that's where it was. So it's like, and it's oh, such man. a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, I man. Yeah. I have thought about them in a minute. See, yeah. <laughs> um, funny. You know, it's funny you bring that up though. Like we are like in our group of friends and people that we play with, like, and like in, even in our band, we, like uh, we we play a show every year at this point called uh, Friends Fest, which is basically like we have as many overlapping bands as possible. Like like whoever's like it mostly started with uh, 
the guy who plays bass for us, uh, he, like he's in a zillion bands, and he used to be like okay, the, it used to be named after him, and it was only bands that had him in it. But it, like now, it's an all day thing that has like, you know, who, who's who's in this band? We get X Y Z number of like you know bands that they're also in. Like so, I, I think there's like, I'm I'm only in this one, but drummers in at least two, bass players in at least three, guitar players in another three, keyboard players in two or <laughs> and it. And it's such a Dude, cool no, thing. Like, no, three, four. I'm, I've lost count, man. Actually, now that I think about it, I got I to really write this down. <laughs> That's a great thing about that community, though. Odell, I don't know if you remember, like, in 98, when the Waldorf music scene was blowing up, I actually tried to make a flow chart of all, like, Worldwide 3 and Onus and Government Cheese yeah. and Even Steven and Mega Men and Tin Commandments. Like, I tried to make a FDA, a flow chart of every band everybody else was in, and I had to give up, mm-hmm. like, after four hours. Yeah, that's great. No, go ahead. Yeah, that's great. I love, I love that sort of stuff. Oh, no, no, no. Like, like you were saying, it was um, just mentioning, coming off of that, our, like, uh, Nick and I, we're in our mid-40s, so you now we're married, we have kids. Uh, we went to a party at a friend's house right down the street. I, li- I live in Hamilton, uh, Hamilton Laurelville area, and um, mm-hmm. we went we went to a party right down the street. And and the, and the, and the gentleman that um, uh, house we went to, you know, he has three little kids, but he was like, "Hey, check this out!" So he took me down in his basement. Boom! There was like all this, you know, music equipment. So like, you know, he played bass and guitar. I played drums, and then a couple other dads and stuff came over, and they got on the equipment. Next thing you know, our oh, kids are yeah. like, yeah, you know, the kids are like, holy crap. Our oh, my God. Actually, yes. would be the best name for a band ever with middle age. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, our dads do that or did that. <laughs> well, so. I miss, what, would that, what would be a good band name? I missed that one. Dad bod. <laughs> dad bod. <laughs> By the way, I always say I would be July on the dad bod calendar. Oh, boy. It's a nice pocket <laughs> for my form. All right, let's move on to your band because we've got to talk all about um, Calabunga Pizza time here. When you yeah, guys yeah. Played, because you have a, such a great theme, and we talked about how fun the band was. Do you kind of <laughs> hobble yourself at all? Do you say, okay, this is what we're going to write about, and these kind of things are off the table because we don't want to get too dark, we don't want to get too political, or do you guys just kind of jam and write, and wherever it goes, it goes? You don't have any kind um, of. I would say, I would say with the first album, that was definitely the case. Um, you know, because again, we wanted things. We wanted to, you know, we just wanted to have a good time. We wanted it to be a distraction from all that. But I think with the new album, there's a couple like there's a couple of times where we, I think we dip we dip into that, but like you know, a little bit heavier than others. Like Human Power, the last song is definitely sort of like hitting that square in the nose. You know, all all that all the sort of stuff we're talking about is in there um, about people coming together, about not necessarily paying attention to everything that's going on like by choice and isolating ourselves by like you know we call it human power and we don't we don't necessarily uh call anybody directly out uh by name at least not on the album but in person on our live shows we're definitely doing that a lot more we have a we have a board breaking routine where we invite audience members up to smash boards but on which we've written i that saw we, that yeah <laughs> we want to take a stand against and we believe all you know you know humans Ought to ought to take a stand against like edge lords and certain presidents of the United States and you know ways of thinking and things like that. Uh, so <laughs> you know, again, like like I said, we've got that you know we've got that platform. We're going to use it. Uh, there you go. There you, you know, go. But over like you know, but at the same time, like you say, like like we've been saying, life's a party. You know, like sometimes <laughs> sometimes you're doing an awesome check stand and sometimes you're puking in the toilet. You know, like. Life, life is, <laughs> 
But it's it's like it's like that on on all accounts. And sometimes you gotta stand up and be like, hey, no, you you you're not allowed to uh, throw like you know throw shit at the walls or whatever. Like you gotta you gotta take a stand against what's making the party less party. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. There you go. Nice, nice. How about the uh, for, for you guys? How about um you guys are big in the gaming world. How did how did you guys get into that? I know I know you guys do the um the uh, the big gamer fest. You've been doing it for like twelve years strong now. How, how did you guys uh, get involved in all of that? Uh, we've been go- we've been going uh, for a long time. Magfest, so Magfest and uh, BitGen have been around are, are part of like this you know the Baltimore DMV. Okay. Uh, sort of uh, just like area in general. Um, I I got in. Let me take it back. Um, our guitar player uh, Ralph and, and uh, Leon in another in another life were part of a band called Entertainment System, and are currently okay. part of a band called Rare Candy. Um, and they are very heavy into the MAGFest scene. And that's how we got in. Uh, but to be honest, we, 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 sort of, we sort of shoehorned our way into MAGFest because even though those, like, those guys had clout, we never got on uh, any of the MAGFest bills. Uh, so, okay. we one, so one year we, just, we played a, uh, a post-midnight show um, in the jam space where like, they just have musical equipment set up and people can, you can sign up for a slot and just you know, jam there as, as you know. Or as 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 we did, and as other bands have done in the past, you just sort of take it over and make it a make it a venue for of twenty minutes at a time or whatever it was. Um, so gotcha. we did that. It was like it was supposed to be at midnight. It ended up being at like one thirty in the morning. It was something ridiculous like that. We were all like you know at, at various levels of, of intoxication on various <laughs> uh, <laughs> like things. Um, but we did it, and we got. So does that make it better or worse? Uh, for me, I was having a blast. I, like, that, was one of the most, that was one of the most fun shows I've played. Um, I've never quite brought it to that level since, but I've come close. Um, but it was like, you know, it was a free for all. It was one thirty in the morning in the jam space. After that, we got invited to play, um, the like independent band stage. And then we got, we got invited to play main stage this year at, at MAGFest. Um, but you know, BitGen, we've always had a lot of love here at BitGen and, uh, you know, it's, uh, what should we call it? usually at the auto bar. Um, yeah. It's a very long answer to a very short question again. <laughs> well, let me pivot back here, though, because I want to talk about your albums, because you have your first self, self-titled album, and then you have your second album, Secret of the Booze. And by the uh-huh. way, as I was researching you guys, for some reason I keep seeing people kind of compare you to this old Mirage comic, and I'm a comic book guy called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I know you guys have nothing to do with that. That's got to be aggravating, right? Because I know uh, you guys no, are actually, in no way associated with Teenage Mutant Turtles. So we tried to tell that. We tried. To, we really tried hard to tell that line for a while with the first album. Um, but you know, like over time, we just it, it, it's impossible to just you know to to keep that stuff secret or like just or just keep it to to ignore it tonight and like this day and age of the internet. And uh, you know, like you, you can be called out really easily. So it's like. We've, you know, since then with the new album, we've been coming out saying like it's true. Ninja Turtles were based on us, and you know, they, and, our, and our life and our and our history. Like it's no coincidence that the comic book was made at around the about the same time that we were born. Um, mm, you know, true, it, it true. Was, uh, it was it was an intention. It was an it was an it was a prophetic uh, ninja scroll that had been uh, translated into comic book form for the for the Western, uh, you know, uh, audience. Now all you have to do to kind of put a cap on it is get Vanilla Ice to play a show with you. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. You know, we we vowed actually I think during the first album recording we vowed to never ever play that song. Um I think that's a good pack to make. Oh yeah. There's like there's no not a snowball's chance in hell we'll ever we'll ever go near that one. Well, back on the album, um, comparing like two albums, and as you approach, I, I assume you guys are going to put together a third album at some point. Are you always trying to top yourselves? Are you the kind of band that's like, oh, we have to take those last two albums and fucking blow them out of the water? Or once again, are you guys just about fun, just about music, and the album's just going to go where it goes while you're creating it? Oh no, dude. I mean, like, like you. We've, we're, we're tied into the video game scene. We're all gamers, you know, just varying degrees, like board games, tabletops, or video games, or all the above. Um, you know, like a, bun- a bunch of metalheads. And then, yeah, like musicians in general, is like, we're kind of punky, so it's a little sloppy around the edges, but when it comes to recording, we want to nail it. You know, we all like, we all know, like, as musicians, we all know what sounds good. I'm, again, I'm kind of the noob to all this. Like, I'm, this, is, this is my first uh, band in a long time, so I don't have quite the ear for it, but the, yeah, you know, um, but you have the stage the, for the precision is there the want for precision like you know getting every every note right like just like you get every button combo right right beat that level but yeah we're always trying to top ourselves just a girl trying to go to the next level trying to you know beat bowser or whatever and and, these metaphors rolling all night and then let me say this too because i'm from the alice cooper vaudeville type world that's my bread and butter back in the even performance days. Is so important yes thank you so you're in my fucking head that's exactly what i was gonna say when i was an even steven we had a blow-up doll who was our mascot named sally smutchko we did get rich quick scheme through play money in the audience performance is so important and you know how i i'm surprised to hear that you're a newbie because you know how to engage that audience man and that's one yeah, of the first do. things i noticed when i watched you guys live on youtube a couple, a couple of things there. I'm, I'm also a theater guy. I'm a, I don't know if you've heard of the Baltimore Rock Opera Society. It's yes. A, it's a, a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a part of that crew. Actually, everybody in Cowabunga has been in at least, at least one show um, for Bros. Um, really? It, you know, mm-hmm. I've been doing it since its inception. Uh, Ralph, the guitarist, he was one of the guys who like, you know, helped come up. With, he like created it initially. Uh, Leon was a guitarist in one of the bands. Everybody, everybody else was in bands or uh, a musical director. Like um, June did music direction a couple times. I was, I've been on stage, backstage, done puppetry, all sorts of stuff like that. Wow. Like, okay. I, I, I know. Yeah. So I've got a little bit of that. But uh, also, I tell you, man, like I love, I love a good frontman. I always have, and it started with um, Bruce Springsteen. I love. Bruce oh yeah, that guy is that. a yeah. workhorse and a tactician on stage. Oh, and like, but like he's, but like he's taking people to church, you know. That's that's like yeah. the thing about it to me is just like he's like he's getting everybody whipped up and like sort of on the same page, and that you know, like 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 I was talking about that li- that live experience of being together with a bunch of people in one place, and like Andrew and Andrew WK does it too. Um, you know, I have a, I have a bunch of role models when it comes to that sort of thing of just like oh yeah, you know, no matter no matter the size of the venue, um, just being able to just like just get everybody by the hook of your finger and just like, you know, on, on every word that you're saying. Um, yeah. Well, you definitely know like, what you're doing, man. And I'd like I like the strive, first I strive for it, man. So I appreciate that a lot. You know, I thank you. 
the first time I knew I wanted to be in the band was, and I, I don't know if you were at the show. I think you were with me, Odell. Like maybe 94, 95, we went to see the Vandals at the Black Cat. And uh, I watched yeah. those cats play, uh, and yeah. I was like, I want to be in a band. Like I decided at that moment I was going to do everything I could to be in a band because those guys inspired me. And now the way that I feel like I can inspire other people who are maybe 20 years younger than me, they can hear our stories, they can hear us talk to different bands, and they can get inspired. But you're on stage doing the same thing. I'm sure some kid has come out to a Calabunga Pizza time show and said, fuck, I want to be in a band now. And that's what it's all about, at least to me. Yep. That would be so cool. Um, I do I do love when we get to play uh, at a spot where there's like, yeah, like like um, teenagers and, and uh, young 20-somethings like in college. Because I remember like that was when I was, um, I mean, yeah, like I think I think the first the first show I ever went to, it was two, it was two, yeah, it was two, it was two nights in a row. I went to a local show at a church basement, just like a, like a BS hardcore show with a bunch of local bands and like some and like some drunk dudes in uh doc martens who showed up and my little brother came in his cubs got uniformed like he's like mom's <laughs> here we gotta go uh, the next <laughs> night, i went to, i went to go see god i went to go see the family values tour at a giant stadium was, was that like corn and Lim- wow and all those guys corn Lim- yeah like i like i don't admit this proudly but i admit it you know the same was it like ice cube um, there or somebody um so he, no, it was it was the so it was the second run of it. Um, oh, okay. It didn't okay. Play because Fred Durst Fred Durst was sick. So I was I saw Incubus, I saw Orgy, I saw um, Corn and Romstein. Wow. Yeah, I w- I went to that I went to that tour when it went to uh, it was at the Patriot Center in Northern Virginia and uh, Olympus had oh, played yeah. and yeah and I think uh yeah Incubus actually replaced um Ice Cube if I'm not mistaken he was supposed to play yeah, they, they but took something it, they happened took the- yeah yeah um so that was a, I I would have loved to have seen Ice Cube um I loved him on the live album of that uh but yeah oh I, yeah I, not, uh what call it I uh in that one weekend I think I got the I got like the full scope of like you know like like everything from a, like a, a a great local show with a lot of heart in it to like a big, you know, like spectacle with flames and, and like, you know, big stage props and, you know, yeah. like speakers that make you feel it in your chest and all that shit. You know, like, I don't know. If, I don't know when I ever just like realized I wanted to be in a band because of one band. I think just like just live music in general made me want to do it. You know, and like I did theater for a long time in high school too. Like, cause it was sort of, it was sort of similar. Like it was, you know, it was loud and people were like, I have like the look at me like thing. Oh um, yeah. I want you know. I just want to be able to use it right. You know, I think I think everybody in the band has. Anybody in a band has that. You know, anybody yeah. who performs in general has that. But you know, uh, I just want, I want to be able to use it right. So I don't know, but whatever I wanted to be in a band struck me. It just sort of always was was there. I think the first time I ever realized people made music. You know well, the I mean? arena show has always felt impersonal to me. Like, I didn't really get into the idea of wanting to do music until I started going to 930, Black Hat, all the DC clubs. And then I was like, oh, my God, because you, you could spit on the band if you wanted to. You were right there. Oh, I yeah, never yeah, thought yeah, arena totally shows. Agree. I was I never like a big about- production guy like that. All right, we're going to get out of here because we are way over the mark. Um, tell everybody before you skate out of here where we can find all things Cowabunga uh, Pizza Time on the interwebs. Uh, 
Um, if you Google Cowabunga Pizza Time, you'll find it all right there. We've got a Bandcamp, we've got Spotify, we got a Facebook, we got Instagram. Um, you can find us all there. Uh, we've got three shows coming up, one a month in Baltimore. Um, yes. Next, uh, yeah, we got. What is it? Uh, next month is that. Um, is that Power Plant? We're doing a. Uh, we're, we're part of a nerd. Um, uh, which a bar crawl. So I yeah. around six o'clock. It's going to be us and a stack of pizzas. Um, we're playing after that. We're playing at that Friends Fest I talked about um, at Sidebar. Then we're playing at Auto Bar in June. And then we're playing at another MagFest event, but that's a camping event out of town. So uh, like, you can find all that on the internet. Like I said, just Google Cowabunga Pizza Time. We're the only Cowabunga Pizza Time out there. <laughs> yeah, and when I come up to Baltimore, man, like I said, I wasn't joking. Partying with you guys is on my bucket list. So next time I come up to visit April and Odell and come Susan out, and everyone, we're yeah. definitely coming out. All right, that we gotta get out of here. We That's are fun, gonna guys. play talk some. To we're gonna play some skate fight though, because that is my favorite Calabunga Pizza Time song. Nice. Oh man, I'm from the punk That's world, so one. that really grabs me. That song <laughs> really grabs me. Fuck yeah! Listen to it. Next chance you get, listen to it at double speed. It's even better. <laughs> I'm on it. All right, guys, let's get out of here. I'm D. We're going to be back next Wednesday with the Baboon Show, and then we're going to have Charlie Harper. I keep wanting to say Hopper. My mouth will not say Harper. Charlie Harper from UK Subs on here on the 4th, right? That is correct. Right. Remember, if you miss any little thing, just type in www.tincan.media, push enter, and poof, just like the music. Get there. Ah!